This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. You're most likely listening to this the day after St. Patrick's Day. And it is very much St. Patrick's Day here in Tallaght Stadium. It is the Saints supporters off to my right in the East End who are celebrating a draw. But it's a big, big result for them because they'd lost three on the run into this one. And taking a point out of Tallaght Stadium, that's not bad, even though they were up against the Rovers team, who six games in have yet to win this season. It started off very well for Shamrock Rovers and Richie Towell got a really good goal, a really well taken strike. The equaliser came when Owen Doyle put away a penalty. It definitely was a penalty in my view. Jack Byrne stepped up with a wonder strike from outside the box to put the hoops 2-1 up. But uh, Jake Mulrady came off the bench and with about two or three minutes to go, put one low past Alan Manis who could do nothing to stop it. We'll get reaction from both camps hopefully to this game. We'll also hear from... Shamrock Rovers legend John Cody who is part of the LOI TV commentary team as well as all that Keith Tracy will tell us about Bohemians and UCD as I speak to you that game has yet to kick off but if you're listening to this you already know the score and you're tuning in for analysis Graham Gartland was up at Derry City and Sligo Rovers he'll uh, send us a voice note from that and we'll hear from Turner's Cross where Neil Horgan watched his old side Cork City lose 2-0 to Shelburne. Jonathan Higgins watched the uh, battle for promotion in the first division. Granted, it is very early in the season, but uh, he'll tell us the story of how Galway United went to Cove Ramblers and got a 2-0 victory. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. And that was the sound at full time. What did Stephen Bradley have to say? He was chatting with Con Murphy of LOI TV. Yeah, we're frustrated in the dressing room. I think um, our performance... Deserve more, um, but right now they're the small margins that are gone against us, and, and we have to accept that and, and move on. When you make those substitutions in the second half at two-one, was there a sense of you know what we have, we hold? We just need to be careful. There's one or two that haven't tried much, and and uh, I felt the game was becoming too open. So Sean's played in there a number of times for us in Europe, and he, he's very comfortable in there. So uh, I was more thinking of um, making sure we had more balance in the game rather than letting it be end to end. We're playing really well. Um, right now, it's just going against us. And, and that, that happens. That's football. That's life. you just got to keep going. And, and I've no doubt we said to them in the dressing room, if we keep performing like that, it'll, it'll turn for us. And I've no doubt it will. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. And that was Shamrock Rovers head coach Stephen Bradley speaking to Con Murphy of LOI TV following their 2 all draw uh, with St. Pat's at Tallaght Stadium. A game that they could have won. They certainly had the chances Dean Linus denied them with some fantastic save. Two really standout ones when the game was locked at 2-all, kind of on the cusp of and during injury time. I have to say I didn't know too much about him. He made his debut for the Saints in that game. He's 31. His previous clubs include Airdrionian, St Mirren, Wraith Rovers, and Nuneaton, Blackpool, Burton Albion, Kidderminster. Uh, He was with uh, Hearts for a while. He was also on the books of Birmingham. There's an interview with him on the St. Pat's social media channels. There's also some great footage there of the Jake Mulraney equaliser. Lots of other interviews from the other games, by the way, with managers and, and, and there's goal clips as well on the League of Ireland social media channels. I'm sure by this stage you know where to look. Right, let's continue our analysis of the game in Tallaght Stadium. A two-all draw between Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's. John Cody is a four-in-a-row legend with Shamrock Rovers. He was alongside Con Murphy of LOI TV on commentary. After the game, I caught up with John and first just asked him what his thoughts on the match were. Um, another fantastic game uh, from a neutral's point of view. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, late, late, go- Brilliant goals and a late goal uh, to match. 
uh, Jack Burns uh, strike was exceptional and then Jake Mulroney I think his name Mulroney Mulroney excuse me um, smashes one in from, from 25 yards as well so yeah for, for the neutral it was brilliant not so good I don't think for Stephen Bradley who'll be looking and questioning his defence saying like seriously what's going on I think that's their third inj almost injury time uh, con concession of, uh, of an equaliser so uh, yeah it was a, a brilliant game again a brilliant game that's all I have to say really yeah. Is this two points dropped for Shamrock Rovers? Will oh, Stephen Bradley be fuming with his team? Absolutely. Well, if, if he's not, there's, I, I, well, I would be if I was Stephen Bradley. Um, I'd be absolutely furious. Although I did see, I did find his substitutions somewhat questionable. I don't, well, not questionable, but just uh, unusual to say, the, to say the least. What was unusual? What well, didn't you like? Gaffney and Kenny came on with no real striker to play up front. I know they could have been, I don't know if both of them were injured. And then we ended up with Richie Tell and Neil Ferrugia playing as the forward players for Rovers. And that's like, they're not, they're not, that's a speciali specialist uh, role is leading the attack. That's why they get the big boosts, because they get the goals. And um, I don't think either of those lads, but like, no disrespect to either of them, that, that that's their particular forte. For St. Pat's, this is a good point. Did they deserve it? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, because they got it. That's why they deserved it. Yeah, your man Mulrani came on and ran the sh ran uh, Rovers ragged a bit on the right hand side. And I think that was one of the substitutions they brought on Sean Gannon to try and curtail that that threat down the left hand side. The Pats were were, were throwing at Rovers, and then he pulled, as you say, he pulls one out of the bag, just an unstoppable shot from twenty five yards. And in the end, you'd have to say probably yes, they did deserve their because they kept going. They, they, and he, he made positive substitutions. Tim Clancy, um, he wasn't afraid to throw his young youngsters on and throw them on up front and it, it paid off for him Are St Pat's missing maybe a little bit of energy around the middle and Barry Cotter as well out wide maybe he's missing for them as well this season Adam O'Reilly went to uh, Derry City Yeah is he still a loss for St. Pat's from what you can see? Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Even I thought that uh, in, 10 minutes into the second half, I felt that they, were, they were getting leggy and like I, I didn't think there was as much energy as there should have been even at that early stage. It looked like they were they were giving Rovers the room and that's why Jack Bourne came into the game is because uh, Tillermans, I think, who was, who was uh, obviously ordered to, to chase him around, just didn't have the legs anymore. Jack got the room and you can't give a player of his calibre the, the space or the room because he's going to hurt you and he did in a magnificent 30-yard strike. It's six games into the season now. Well, six league games into yeah. the season now. And Shamrock Rovers still haven't won. Stephen Bradley after games. And I can understand this because I've seen some of the games. has said, I'm not worried. Look, it'll click. It'll happen. Tonight, you can say that again, but ultimately it is six games for Shamrock Rovers without a win. Is it getting to the point now where you're getting a bit tetchy, a bit nervy? Like how, how should Rovers fans be feeling about it? Yeah, it's it's hard to know because I came out of here after the Cork four all, and I said, "Oh, look, it's only a matter of time before they absolutely they're gonna they're gonna absolutely kill somebody shortly and like just run riot." But that hasn't happened again tonight, and the opportunity was there for certain at two one. You see, the, uh, the thing I don't understand is they, they seem to just draw back and say, "Okay, we've a two one, we're happy, we'll, we won't concede another goal." Instead of going for the juggler, like. When the, when the Pats got back to 2 all, all of a sudden panic stations and they're throwing men forward but why can't we do it out of 2-1 I just don't understand there's a kind of certain kind of uh, thought process well obviously I'm not au fait with but uh, it, I, I would I would be concerned as a Rovers supporter yes of course I would six games in and no win Can I ask you a question that it doesn't relate to tonight but it does relate to Shamrock Rovers at large at the moment this modern team 
do you get into the business of comparisons between your great four in a row team and this team which has also done great things as well and at the very least will contend for a four in a row it looks like although well not on current form but I presume it will come right at some point yeah you would hope it would come right at some stage no I don't get into the like different uh, generations and throw up different things we had a, we were lucky enough to have a fantastic team and we, we won four league titles and three cups um, it was brilliant of its time yet we did, never did anything in Europe uh, Stephen had it, won the league last year and also got to the group stages of the Conference League which you know so if you balance it up they're probably better because the European standard is supposed to be higher and uh, to get to the, to the group stages of any of the European competitions is a feat in itself now I don't get into comparisons I just come to the games and enjoy them Do you wonder if your four in a row team had the access to the sports science and the full time training all these guys <laughs> what they have do you, do you wonder about that what you could have done because and I think you're being harsh on yourself by the way on Europe because like they've done great things there but it's, 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 it's easier to progress the way the season is structured they're a full time club now whereas you weren't I don't think and also you probably get teams that are easier to beat than you might have got and maybe I'm giving you an excuse there but anyway yeah. um, no um, look uh, this is the joy of coming to Rovers this is because they have that full time setup and because they have the, all the backroom staff that's involved with the dietary and the, and the physical uh, process uh, something we didn't have is, which is right but um, now uh, I still refuse to compare if, they, yeah. if they, they're chasing it four in a row it's a really really difficult thing to do even, when, even back in our day it was really tough so it's equally as tough and they have done themselves no favours with the, with, the, with the poor enough start and just before I let you go I've no basis of comparison because sadly Milltown was long gone by the time I started watching games. How does this place atmosphere wise and game night wise compare to Milltown? Yeah, it's uh, certainly up there. There's no doubt about it. Like uh, when the new stand comes on, on board as well, I think it's July they're yeah, forecasting. They're totally yeah, it's going to be an absolute cauldron in here. Well, you hear the, the atmosphere today, like from I was here an hour before the kickoff and about half an hour before kickoff uh, the atmosphere was building and you could almost feel the tension in the air. It was absolutely fantastic. The pitch is equally as good as Milltown ever was, so they've they've no excuses. <laughs> they have it well. It's just it's and I'm sure the opposition love coming here as well, which is always going to be uh, against Rovers because everybody lifts their game, everybody wants to beat Rovers and everybody wants to play in this magnificent stadium and on this pitch. It's a pity Milltown was lost, but it, it's yeah. great to have this. Isn't oh it? no, we've come a long way since playing away games in in Inchy Court and 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 Daly Mount and the likes and um, Santry Stadium so look this is home now so long may it last and are you enjoying the experience of being a Rovers fan and isn't it great that there's so many of that team who still follow the club and you still see them around yeah well a lot of them were brought up around that I'm, I'm a lifelong Rovers supporter I've followed Rovers since I was about six years of age so it's uh, it was just a natural thing for me to do when I got back from England sorry when I finished playing and uh, it was just it seemed like the most natural thing in the world to do was just to come and support your local team again and I haven't regretted it a minute I've enjoyed every single moment it's been brilliant even the bad years it's just fantastic yeah okay John Cody formerly of Shamrock Rovers and of course Derry and Chelsea in the dock as well thanks for joining us on the extratime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. Unfortunately, I couldn't organise the best result from a Rovers point of view from, for, for you, but but we did get a good game, didn't no, we? Oh, we got an abs- another absolute. Co- this is the third home game this year, and it, the three of them have been entertainment out your ears. Cheers, John. Oshin, thanks. And what a joy it was to speak to the legend that is John Cody. Right, let's go up the road to the Ryan McBride Brandywell. Derry City unbeaten so far this season, up against the Sligo Rovers team who had lost just once in five. Graham Gartland was part of RTE TV's coverage. You can watch it back now on the RTE player. After the game, while on the pitch, he sent us 
this voice note. Hey, Oisín. Yeah, there he got away with one. They probably didn't do enough in an attacking sense going forward. Uh, didn't create enough chances. I think they only had two shots on target the whole game. Now, in fairness, they were probably harshly done by. They had a great chance to go 1-0 up. The ref blew her up too early, just as McGonagall was sticking her in the bottom corner. So they probably felt a little bit hard done by with that. Then Sligo take the league with a really well-worked goal. Hutchinson with a fantastic cross in. And Max Mathis scores a brilliant header at the back. Well, it's an easy header at the back post, really. Derry probably huffed and puffed. He had a lot of possession in front of Sligo, but didn't probably penetrate enough. Didn't get enough runners from midfield. Everybody wanting to come towards the ball. Uh, Rory Higgins then made a couple of changes and brought on Brandon Kavanagh, brought on Jordan McAniff, and he sacrificed Will Patching. And once they done that, they seemed to get a lot more penetration just with their runs, people willing to run forward. Still probably lacked cutting edge and a lack of movement in the box, but eventually they, they broke them down with a corner, an outswinging corner from the left-hand side, and Call rises highest and scores the goal. So they had a little bit of pressure at the end, but it was nothing, no clear-cut chances really. And it's actually Sligo that had probably the best chance, I think it was Vishtuk has a 1v1 at the end as Shane McElhenney pulls up. Probably doesn't realise he has that much time and then snatches at it, pulls it, and then he to compound, I think John Russell takes him off straight away. So, yeah, a lot of expectation on Derry, considering, obviously, people looking at Shamrock Rovers dropping points at home, but it's a different animal when you're expected to win games and the pressure comes on you. So, be interesting. Yeah, I don't think the pitch helps with the brandy well. Their away record is a lot better than it is the home record is. Um, I think the break's coming at the right time for them because I think Royley, Dunnigan, Duffy and stuff will be back afterwards. But one all draws a fair result. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast and that was Graham Gartland who was at the Ryan McBride Brandywell for Derry City's one-all draw with Sligo Rovers. Graham was part of the RTE commentary team for that game. You can watch it back on the RTE player. A great to see that Ryan McBride was remembered tonight, a man who was taken from us far, far too soon. Bohemians had a 2-1 victory against UCD at Dalymount Park, a UCD team who have only collected one point so far this season. Keith Tracy was watching that one for us and afterwards sent us this voice note. Yeah, really good game here, Rushing The opening 10 minutes, Bowers against UCD, not really an awful lot in it. In the final tour, cute and Horton for Bowers started to cause an awful lot of trouble then in the 12th minute, UCD got exactly what he wanted, a brilliant start. Wells, is he's in an awful lot of trouble on his halfway line. He decides he's just going to chip one over the top of the post defence and all of a sudden, Bishop is in behind. It's an excellent finishing off the post. Nowak, the Bowes, uh, the Bowes centre half, just runs alongside him, never really does enough, but Bowes get an excellent start to the, to the game. And, you know, they would have... Hope they could see it over the line. Afalabi was brilliant in f- up front. He scored a goal, which was later disallowed. The referee had said it gone beyond the, the boy line. I'm not too sure. I've seen a couple of replays, and it's very, very hard to to be sure if it's gone out or not. So Bowes are very aggrieved by that. Yakatundi wins the penalty as well. It's more the bright, the the goalkeeper comes flying out off his line, just bundles into the back of Akatunde. The referee gives a, a penalty and in the 45th minute of the first half, you're thinking Ali Coote will put this into the back of the net and Bowes will come out and dominate the second half. Ali Coote blazed over and it left a real sour taste in the Bowes' mouth at half time. And you're thinking, what sort of response are you going to get from Bowes in the second half? 
it was a, an excellent response. The second half, they were much, much better. The bows I seen against Pats last week, they were more like Paddy Kirk got them underway, comes in off the left wing, plays a little one-two. It's brilliant. He gets it on his right, his weaker right foot, just uses the, the UCD defender as a shield, plays the ball around and finds the top corner with his right foot. Excellent goal from Paddy Kirk. And literally 60 seconds later, a minute later, Ali Cute makes a third man run. Again, it's Kirk, puts the ball into Afalabi's feet. Afalabi holds it up. There's Ali Q coming in around the front and picks up the ball, drives into the box, and he finds a super finish into the into the corner. It was a really good uh, second half by Bowes, played much, much better football. And one thing I would just want to note. Jordan Flores was injured in the warm-up for Bowes and young James McManus came in and just turned 18 yesterday and believe me I was really really excited to watch this boy play the, the way he dictates the tempo of the play he's, he really is excellent and as I say coming in at short notice is not an easy thing to do so mentally a very strong boy as well and that moves Bowes 10 points clear to Shamrock Rovers great weekend for the Bowes fans Well Keith Tracy knows exactly the kind of stats and information that the Bohemians fans want to hear that's his report and voice note on Bohemians 2-1 win against UCD he mentioned the table there we'll give you the full detail in a while right let's go to Turner's Cross because I'm being made to apparently I'm not allowed ignore Cork City's loss they hadn't been beaten in three going into this Shelburne yet to win on the road this season former Cork City fullback Neil Horgan was there and afterwards sent us this voice note Shelburne with a well-deserved win in Turner's Cross uh, winning by two goals to nil against Cork City an underperforming Cork City must be said who looked somewhat disjointed at times. Shelburne started the better, playing into uh, St. Anne's End in the first half and had had City on the ropes early on um, before a somewhat fortuitous goal with Josh Honahan deflecting uh, a header into, into his own net, unfortunately, um, after a lovely ball into the box. Had, had Shells in the lead after only 10 minutes. After that, City flustered but didn't really threaten um, shells who were well organised and and showed their greater experience of the Premier Division, in my opinion, throughout the night. Goalkeeper Connor Kearns was it was a a great influence in the match with his long kickouts and his overall goalkeeping presence. Midfielders Brian McManus and Evan Caffrey were excellent for shells throughout the match, and City Cork City fans will be very disappointed. The second goal when it came was a good one. Uh, from Shells in the, in the second half they opened up the Cork City team with a lovely lovely play into Cork City's shed end and, and a lovely finish from, from Jack Moylan was no more than Shells deserved the most I suppose contentious incident in the match happened soon after uh, Rory Keaton seemed to be lining up for a great opportunity for, for City to get back into the game he was inside the box lining up for a shot and he seemed to be fouled by centre-half for Shelburne but the referee played on and Cork City would certainly be thinking that their luck isn't in at the moment with the penalty that was awarded against them in the last minute against Sligo last week and, and this week not getting that penalty decision seems somewhat unfair in my eyes at least uh, however Shelburne were full value for the win City threatened late on chances for Keating and a few others for, for various players they came to nothing really in the end Shells showed their little bit more class uh, on the night. City's manager Colin Healy will be most disappointed with the performance 
Uh, even more so than the result in my opinion they failed they perhaps missed the creative influence of Aaron Bolger in a game where they were behind early uh, and shells seemed to tighten up at the back and allow them to play around City tried to play direct through Keating they didn't come to anything flick ons uh, try as he might uh, didn't work out for City who seemed to be a better away team than a home team at the moment all in all deserved win for Shelburne uh, 2-0 at Turner's Cross in front of 5,000 Cork City fans. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast and that is former Cork City fullback Neil Horgan who watched Cork City's 2-0 defeat to Shelburne. In the first division there were three games last night. Athlone Town drawing 2-all with Treaty United. Wexford getting a 2-1 win over Kerry FC and Cove Ramblers who made a great start to the season up until last night maybe uh, losing 2-0 to Galway United at uh, St. Coleman's Park. Jonathan Higgins was on commentary for that game on Galway Bay FM and afterwards sent us this voice note. Galway fans have had a nice St. Patrick's Day. It's been a long trip down to Cove, a long trip back also, but that trip will be a lot shorter after another victory for John Caulfield's side. 2-0 in the end, well-deserved, scrappy, scrappy game. Pitch in poor nick, let's be call a spade a spade and it made the game very, very difficult. It was a scrappy nature ball bouncing around all over the place it was a it was a, t- a tough watch let's be honest but united as they've done all season to date they found a way to win good old vincent borgen he's fourth of the season a nice little free kick a little bit of clever play from mccormick teed him up and then the second one came actually just when cover getting into the game and maybe he was getting a little bit concerning but manning then got the second and uh, galway fans maybe it's too early to say starting to bleed but it's been a it's been an awesome start to the season it equals a league uh, best league start to the campaign you have to go all the way back to 85 86 first five victories in a row that was in the premier division everyone's hoping go united will be back in the premier division but a long long way to go but so far so good and uh, another clean sheet and another little trip up the road is all the sweeter with a three points so little bit of tough on Cove you have to say but they will have better days again they still played a, a decent bit of football at times but you United just a little bit too streetwise and uh, the experience is starting to show only a little bit of concern injury to uh, Regan Donlan early in the first half kind of took a, a bad fall in the kind of that slope on the pitch looks like he going to rattle his knee so he was taken off so we'll have to see how things go United will definitely need him over the course of the season and his deliveries, but so far, and the good run continues, and uh, we're all very happy in Galway. Galway Bay FM's Jonathan Higgins rounding things up for us from Cove, where Ramblers lost 2 0 to Galway United. There's two games, well, you're most likely listening to this on the 18th, so there's two games today in the first division Waterford FC hosting Bray Wanderers and Longford Town taking on Finn Harps. How does the table look in the first division? Well, it looks like this Galway are on top on 15 points, second are Cove Ramblers on 10 points. Bray and Waterford, who each have a game in hand, are 3rd and 4th on 8 and 7 points respectively. Athlone 5th on 7. Wexford 6th on 7. Longford 7th on 3. Finharps 8th on 2. Treaty 2nd from bottom on 2. And Kerry with 1 point. There's also uh, a full programme of fixtures in the Women's Premier Division today. At 2 o'clock, Go United take on Bowles. Shelburne up against Shamrock Rovers. That should be an interesting tie. That's actually live on TG Cahar. DLR Waves meet Cork City. Treaty United take on Athlone. And Sligo Rovers meet Peamount. The rest of the games, as in 
everything that is in Shelburne and Shamrock Rovers are live on LOI TV. Let's just round up the Premier Division uh, from St. Patrick's Night, Cork City nil, Shelburne 2, Shamrock Rovers 2, St. Pat's 2, Bowes 2, UCD 1 and Derry City 1, Sligo Rovers 1. On Thursday night, Dundalk overcame Drogheda 1-0 at Weavers Park. We did a special podcast from that game. Afterwards, we spoke to Dundalk's Conor Malley, uh, his head coach Stephen O'Donnell and Drogheda manager Kevin Doherty. Kevin was particularly interesting on the, um, well, I'm, I'm going to say link that they have with Lincoln. It's an unofficial link, but it's uh, it's interesting to hear him on that and um, and many other things. Paul Crowley, uh, formerly of Drogheda and Dundalk, he also played for Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's as well, give us his analysis on, on that game, but also on um, how the two teams have performed up to this point in the season. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Uh, also this week, there was an Irish language podcast with Aoife Mullen, Donal Ryan and Tom O'Connor. And that was to celebrate Shocked and Aguilga. They spoke to Robbie Benson. Uh, so that's an interesting chat. Osquilga with Robbie Benson. Ahead of the uh, women's fixtures, the uh, women's National League fixtures, there's also a full preview on the League of Ireland uh, podcast, which was released on Thursday. Donal Ryan was in for Luke this week. And uh, they spoke to Megan Smith-Lynch, among others. Did I give you the Premier Division table? I don't think I did. So I'll run through it. For Bowes fans, this is particularly delightful. Bowes on top on 15 points. Derry second on 12 points. Dundalk third on 11. Sligo Rovers fourth on nine. Shelburne fifth on eight. Drogheda sixth on eight. Cork City seventh on fifth. Uh, Cork City fans disappointed with the loss, but they would take seventh place, I think because staying up this year would be an achievement. But Colin Healy, the manager, has his eyes a little further up the table. Shamrock Rovers are in eighth position on five points. Five draws and a loss so far for them. St. Pat's second from bottom on five, but they stopped the rot with that draw away to Rovers on St. Patrick's Day. They'd lost their previous three on the run into that. UCD bottom of the table on one point. It's a struggle so far for them. They've lost five from six. Uh, they did get a good draw with Dundalk, but um, since that, they've struggled to get any results. Right, that's it from the extratime.com League of Ireland voice notes podcasts. As always, you can get in contact with me via Twitter at Oshin Langan. Don't forget, you can read the match reports from all of last night's games and uh, after today's games, if you're listening on the 18th, you'll be able to get all the match reports there on extratime.com. Donal and Luke will be along later in the week with the extratime.com League of Ireland podcast in which they'll take a deep dive into the Premier Division, the First Division and the Women's National League. That's it from me. Enjoy the rest of your St. Patrick's weekend.